Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome, friends, back to another edition of Disciple Making. I'm Tim Beadle with my co-host, uh, Darren Ride. Uh, the summer has come to an end. We've sort of been apart for a little while, but uh, we've been doing some uh, agreed-upon reading and some contemplating to lead us into perhaps this new season of uh, Disciple Making Considerations. Uh, Darren, what have you been up to uh, over the last while, and where is the Lord leading your heart and mind? Well, on the personal level, just trying to get in a bit of camping and canoeing, and uh, it's the start of hunting season, so that's been kind of uh, the summer, trying to get in a weekend of camp with the grandkids this weekend. But I, you know, I continue, Tim, as as we've, we've talked, I continue to wrestle with the tension between disciple making and existing churches. Yeah. And that's really, in a way, that's dominated a lot of my thinking this summer. Even a retreat I had last week, that was kind of the thought I was wrestling with. And, and where we're going today is going to begin to address that a bit, I think. Yeah, you know, uh, I think I sent you a little quote uh, a couple of weeks ago that said, uh, it's not about attending something. It's about following someone. Mm, uh, yes. Actually, I think, no, I think you said that one to me. And then I sent you, I sent you one that said, Jesus didn't die so that we would come to church. He died so that we would become the church. Yeah, exactly. So there, there, there's a couple little uh, nuggets to use as springboards into our conversation today. Yeah. And as we've talked about where we're going to go in this next while here, we, we thought we would use kind of as a, as some 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 fodder, we'd, we'd use uh, Damien Girk's book, In the Way, which we have talked about briefly in the past. But but in particular, there's, there's a segment in the middle there, the heart of the book, where he does some contrasts. Uh, and, and the contrasts have to do in the area of who the church is, what the church does, how the church is led and developed how the church engages with people, how people engage with the church. Contrast between church as we know it and disciple making it and where the tensions are there. So, so you know, we'll, we'll get there eventually. And by the way, I don't know if we've ever unpacked the title. The phrase in the way has kind of a double meaning. Sure does. And, and he talks about how two things. Number one, that the way we do church is often, quote, in the way, yeah. a barrier to disciple making. And how the church needs to get back in the way of, of disciple-making like Jesus. And that's really what the book's about. Yeah, well, God says his ways are above and not our ways. And so it, it's really impinging upon us as followers of Jesus not to assume we know the way. Now, Jesus said, I am the way, <laughs> the truth, and the life. But so often we have our own understandings and try to squeeze Jesus into our way. And Henry Nouwen uh, it was quoted by uh, Damien. He said this, you know, it's all about spiritual identity, about who the church is and what, mm. what, it, what she does. Uh, he said spiritual identity means we are not what we do or what people say about us. Uh, we are not what we have. We are the beloved daughters and sons of God. Mm. And uh, it changes the nuance of just understanding how God looks at us 24-7, 365, and we have to submit to that and, and come and align ourselves to that way of thinking in understanding uh, the church, the body of Christ. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's an excellent lead in, Tim. I thought today, before we actually started really digging into those different contrast areas of the book, I just wanted to maybe share and we'll, we'll kind of wrestle through a couple of nuggets, a couple of three nuggets that have 
of come come to me through my reading of Damien, my interactions with him. I do a call with him right now a couple times a month. And uh, just a few thoughts that I think might um, kind of set the stage for digging in a little deeper in, in this book and these ideas. And here, here's, a, here's a one thought, Tim. Something that um, uh, he shared and what I've discovered in my own life is this, the whole issue of surrender, that, that, that surrender is a key aspect of disciple making. Here, here's the, the surprising part, even for those who have already committed to disciple making, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like surrender isn't like, okay, I'm now on track with disciple making. I can check off the surrender checkbox and I'm good to go. That surrender is something that needs to, we need to keep revisiting. Have you found that, Tim, in that way? Well, that's because as this Holy Spirit continues to do his refining work in us and through us, mm-hmm. he always brings us to the point of convincing us that we need to come to the end of ourselves hmm. and that as we empty ourselves, we'll, we'll only be filled by the spirits and the mind of Christ to the extent that we actually empty ourselves. Hmm. And so uh, uh, when I preach probably over the last year, I've said it a dozen times to, to our faith community here, uh, surrender isn't giving up. Surrender is trading up. Huh. And, and so you can sort of play out there. Obviously, there, there's a release that we have to die to ourselves. You know, in, in uh, John 12, where Jesus said, you know, unless this kernel of, of grain, this one seed falls into the ground and dies, it'll just remain a single uh, single kernel, a, a single seed. But if it dies, this is where the surrender to self, if it dies, it, it'll be... Uh, sort of a vehicle for multiplication and and a harvest and things like that. So I think that plays into surrender as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And one one question that uh, Damien raised in one context was this. I think this is a great self evaluation question. Is there anything in my life that God needs to compete with? <laughs> to me, that that question just cuts right to the core of the surrender issue, doesn't it? <laughs> That's great. I, I think it's it's a challenge in uh, in you know. To the Ephesian church, have you lost your first love? Hmm. Uh, we, we just did a spiritual inventory with our church family, and that's one of the questions. And, and that's the question of competition, as you just said, because if you've lost your first love, uh, you fall in love with something else. Hmm. And uh, the, the, the Lord will allow you, but, but he, he'll never leave you, and his spirit will woo you back and remind you and convict you and convince you that... Um, uh, he, he he just focuses on us completely and intently to woo and win us so that competition days are over, but, but a surrender has to occur for sure. Oh yeah. You know, the, the, the tendency towards idolatry, you know, we, we look, you know, is, is surprisingly strong in, in the human heart. You know, we, we look at the, you know, the old Testament model of people worshiping blocks of wood or stone yeah, or whatever. And we yeah, we're, we're quick to kind of mock that. However, it's so easy for some activity or person or even possession to displace the place of God in our lives. Yeah. And I think if, if COVID has taught us anything, it was a wonderful opportunity to actually deal with what you're you're putting on the table today wow. in terms of surrender. Because we had to surrender so much. So much was taken away from us and we didn't like that. And rather than uh, realign our priorities to simply align our hearts with the Lord and his will for our life, uh, we competed about wanting to get back to what we used to do, safe mm. and secure in a building. 
since we're you know talking about in the way and and the church is being perhaps in the way of the way of Christ, and so um, uh, some people aren't coming back to faith community because hmm. they found something else that's more meaningful, and they don't want to surrender to be part of even a faith community anymore. Yeah, it reminds me of a post I did. I did very. I tried to stay out of the political. Uh, yeah. The mess there during COVID, but I did one post finally, just based on some things I saw. I did a graphic, and, and with with the saying, I said, uh, "When we find ourselves fighting for our rights, yeah, we should ask the question whether we're representing the one who gave up all his rights." Yeah, there you go. And and the response from believers was not all supportive on no, that. Of course, interest. I got some pretty strong pushback on that one, actually. Yeah, well, that's the whole sin issue is that we're committed to ourselves. Uh, culture tells us to meet our own needs. Uh, and so we don't want to surrender. Uh, and if we do have to surrender, it's done grudgingly, not mm. as an act of true heartfelt surrender, as it were, to the Lord. It's like yeah. we're kicking and pulling uh, into the kingdom rather than realizing. Uh, I gave an illustration a few weeks ago of you know, Michelangelo and and uh, saw some of these, you know, Italian artisans who would, uh, you know, refine, you know, a block of marble into a beautiful sculpture. And, um, you know, or, or they would restore a piece of art. And and in the restoration period, you know, they don't get a jackhammer out on a painting. They, <laughs> they, they, they work on it bit by bit. And then they, 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 they blow the remnants of the, as it were, the chaff of uh, a way and, and to bring back to beauty that which lies underneath or, or just, you know, can you imagine when you see these beautiful sculptures over, you know, in these uh, beautiful cathedrals, if the sculpture was careless and he hmm. just, he, he just went too deep, too quick. Um, yeah. Basically it, it would destroy the, the, the whole design and, and God is patient with us there. And I really believe that. Hmm. However, he will never settle for anything less than, as you said, what Jesus has done for us and calls us to surrender so that he, we can fully be restored to be made anew like him as well. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I love what you said, Tim, about the whole idea of trading up because, you know, until you've you know done that, I would say that's absolutely true. You know, I remember hearing people talking as a child, as a teenager, you know, about surrender and how important it was and you never regret it. And I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and then when, when I finally came to a place where it was like no strings attached, putty in the Lord's hands, like, wow, that's true. It, yeah. It's a place of freedom. It's a place of clarity of thought. It's a place of, of lightness yeah. that it's hard. you don't experience any other way. Yeah. And, and so the writer of the Hebrews, he says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hmm. Like lock them in, the author and perfecter of our faith. I think often surrender is difficult because we're not focusing on Jesus. We're focusing on the things that perhaps we have to release in our hands and hearts that, that, that God is uh, saying, well, this is competing with your affection to me. And so that's what makes surrender difficult at times. Uh, another illustration, uh, I used this a few weeks ago about, you know, uh, my son when he was sort of just a one-year-old and he was learning to walk. And I was sitting, you know, five feet away and uh, on the floor, but he's holding on to the table. You know, he's he can walk around the table, uh, but that that's the extent of his life around the table. His world is very <laughs> small, but it's very secure. 
And then he, he look, he's looking at me. I can see in his heart, he wants to come, but he knows he might fall. But there came mm. the day when he released grabbing onto that table. He had to surrender to that table so that he could actually surrender to his love for me and come running into my arms. And I caught him. But mm-hmm. that, that, that's one of the most beautiful pictures in my life that I'll never forget about you. We have to surrender. It's going to cost us something. Uh, there's a price involved. But when we think about the Father's loving embrace through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, and that's why we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Mm. You know, you know, Tim, when I came to that place of absolute surrender when I was about 20, and it was through you know, a long process, of very, it was very internal very, very uh, subjective. It really didn't involve other people. You know, there'd been an accumulation probably of experiences in the church and camps over my life, but it was really very personal. No one was, was in a way prompting me that way, but how, how do we, how ought we encourage people or challenge people to this place of surrender? Like, how do we, how do we bring people there? What, what, what's the right way? Well, I don't know about you. When someone falls in love with someone else, Darren, they're willing to surrender everything <laughs> mm-hmm. just just to be in relationship uh, with the, the other person. They'll surrender their time, their money, their schedule. Uh, they'll change themselves uh, to be pleasing and acceptable. I think that it has to be based on, on a love relationship with God mm. that we really want to put ourselves in the place uh, where, where we, you know, we can't earn his love, but mm. We, we want to love the things that God loves, right? Mm-hmm. And, and therefore, like the little child who has all the ha- all his toys in the sandbox to the extent he can't play because he's holding on to them, <laughs> uh, we have to release things so that we can fully uh, in- embrace the life that God has for us. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm still wrestling with you know, how do we bring people there? You know, yeah. like if, again, for me personally, it was a very personal, subjective, internal thing. It didn't involve a lot of other people, at least at the immediate time. So as I work with people, as you work with people, making disciples who make disciples, surrender is a very real part of being a disciple. Yeah. How do we encourage people in that? Because, again, I, I found it very interesting, to you know, to talk to uh, one fellow who was involved in the disciple-making movement, inner city people really looking like they're all in and yet they still come up against the surrender issue yeah. that, you know, that, that, that is still an issue they come back to. So is it modeling? Is there some key teaching? What is it? Yeah. I was going to say modeling, but it has to be modeling on the premise that we're trading it up, not giving up. Yeah. Well, there is the giving up. There's the release, but, but we're embracing something better that God has in store for us. The Holy Spirit, he is transforming us into, as it were, like to be like Jesus. He's the, it, it, you know, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you want to see God, look at Jesus, how he lived, the mm. lifestyle, what his priorities, what his values were. And I think modeling, I think the reason that there's not a lot of discipling, disciple making going on in the church, because our leaders have never set the example and their people are not following uh, and that's what leadership is, right? It's it's taking someone to the next step, further down the pathway. But surrender is always part of that. Like, you know, as, as a leader, we're, we're continually surrendering, uh, even just to allow others who are yet to find the joys of the Christian life, uh, like, like we'll make major surrenders to accommodate 
and mm-hmm. give them space to find Jesus. And for us, it's, it's it's not a sacrifice. It's an investment in a future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's all about eternity. When you yeah. add eternity to the to the time yeah. horizon, yeah. Yeah. that completely changes everything. There There is no surrender in a sense. There is no surrender that is a loss. You yeah. know, something, obviously, something needs to die. Yeah. But then something gets to be resurrected or brought to life. You know, and that's where, you know, if, if we if we share in his sufferings, we share in his glory. And, yeah. and it's really, yeah. like you said, trading up is such a great image and it's thoroughly biblical. Yeah. And so I think that that's the challenge before us at the end of this one point, uh, that we often want to avoid surrender. Just like in North America, we want to avoid suffering as well at all costs because mm-hmm. um, we want to, we live in a culture where suffering is frowned upon, whereas suffering for most of the world is part of, of daily experience and suffering for Christ, as Paul said, mm-hmm. um, we would rather play it safe inside a building than then let our light shine, uh, be salt and light, be ambassadors for Christ. And there's a price to be paid, but it's because we are identifying uh, through being those living through those word pitches, our identity, mm-hmm. that um, a lot of people are going to be antagonistic because they don't get it. They don't get it. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's that's part of the challenge of of leadership in general, Christian leadership, where we're walking a path, calling people to to join us in following Jesus, and yeah. not everybody does, and that's hard. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. hard because so often in leadership, we're we're trying to just keep all the wheels turning in the traditional church building, dealing with people problems. Yeah. But I'll tell you, if if we had a vision. Of, of uh, what, what Jesus is calling us to, I think 90% of the little minutiae details that we end up bickering about uh, won't won't uh, be issues anymore because we see the bigger picture of what we're being called to become. Yeah. And uh, it's all based on belonging to him and believing in him and then becoming like him. Yeah, no, it's, I think that's, you know, actually, Tim, that's not a bad place to land. We've kind of yeah. covered this pretty thoroughly, you know, and, and it's what you're saying there. You know, when I did my big DNA of a Christ follower study, one of the, one of the principles that rose to the surface very quickly was focused on eternity Yeah, yeah. and how much that then ripples through our life and puts everything, you know, back. It's almost like a chiropractic treatment. It just kind of lines everything focused on eternity that feeds into disciple making, feeds into surrender. And I think helps us really understand it's a, it's. It's a trade-up. It's a great trade-up. <laughs> well, well let, let me uh, you know, sort of land the plane here with one final question uh, that, that sort of brings eternity a lot closer. Mm-hmm. If, if you knew through foreknowledge or whatever that, that Jesus was going to return in 30 days from now, Darren, <laughs> how would that change our life, our orientation, our willingness to surrender? It's because I think we've lost that tension of, mm-hmm. of the eternal divine a reality that is ours as Christ followers, that sometimes we get stuck in the mud. We, we find ourselves in deep weeds and don't know how to get out. I think if we lift, as the psalmist said, I lift my eyes to the hills, mm. that, that, that we need to look up and yeah. look out and uh, be willing to uh, realize that surrender is trading up rather than giving up. Beautiful. Well said. That's an image I'm going to carry with me, and I'll probably – Use it in an upcoming message, the idea of trading up. There you go. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, folks, today as we we started to move down a path, but we're, we parked on surrender, which is a big issue, even for those who are actively engaged in disciple making. And look forward to joining us next time as we continue to walk through what it means to be disciples who make disciples. 
Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or ChristFollowerDNA.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.